You know what's true about this world? We like to celebrate flashy things. But what about courage? What about bravery? What about suffering? This is the place we give credit to what often goes unseen. This is the place we honor choosing grit. Ready? Uh, No. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. At this point, just kind of a toss-up in terms of what days you're going to hear these episodes. I'd like to keep it interesting, you know? Um, No, actually, I am sincerely going to try to keep it more consistent, but life with a chronic illness. I hope you're all doing well. There have been, yeah, I just feel like a lot of really big things uh, have happened recently, and Kind of the reality of the pandemic, at least in my life, has uh, really struck me in the past week uh, with some friends' lives that have been really affected and vulnerable family members and uh, thinking about holiday plans. And on top of, I think, coming off of a really emotional election that kind of tore a lot of us apart. And in the Catholic world, there's some other big stuff that has come up recently. So... Yeah, I just found myself being hit by all those things at once this week, it seemed, and like really needing to take some time to grieve and just face the reality of this being a time that is difficult. And I hope you all have had space to do that as well and to process everything and take care of yourself. Um, At the same time, as you've heard in, if you listened to my last episode, my last mini-sode, I've started doing cardio again for the first time in like eight years. Um, So there's also been just so much joy surrounding that in the past week. Randomly in the Midwest, we got like a few really warm days this week. Yesterday it was 60 degrees. Today it's 50 degrees and it still hasn't snowed. It's still not freezing. I'm so happy about that. I'm totally great with that being prolonged as long as possible, especially while I work on this uh, part of exercising a little more strenuously because it was definitely too hot for me to do that over the summer. And yeah, so much to celebrate, much to grieve simultaneously. Um, Excited for you all to hear the story of my friend Steve today. I didn't know a lot about Steve's story before we had this conversation. I've known him for over four years now. Um, And from that, I had a feeling he would be someone who was open to doing something like this, getting interviewed about some of your deepest struggles and painful moments. (laughs) Um, And I was right. And we ended up having a good conversation about an experience he had with kind of a a pretty long season of depression. From what I've learned doing these interviews, my experience as a social worker and just a person, here's the thing about depression. It's complicated. Often there are a lot of moving parts and a number of different factors playing into it. And it can be kind of difficult at times to nail down one specific one. And there's a lot of different things you need to work on in order to work through it, which you'll hear is true in Steve's case as well. However, one common central theme in Steve's story and kind of a huge triggering factor for what kind of led to this downward spiral he found himself in was struggling to find his thing. What was he 
here for? What was he being called to? He thought that at one point he may have found that by entering a religious order, which he felt really good about. But after spending a year there, he felt like that wasn't really right and decided to leave. And eventually he chose to pour into and focus on the academic life, which is something he knew he was good at, especially in terms of writing. However, once he got into that as well, he found he still struggled with a lot of the same things in terms of not knowing if this was right. And he found that the pressure that he put on himself for that to be the answer ended up causing a sort of paralysis and at one point leading him to feel totally incapable. And as you'll hear, it really took addressing that for things to really turn around for Steve. And when he did choose and start to let go of some of that pressure and just embrace what he could do, what he knew he could do, that was when he really began to discover his some of his true gifts. Doing that on top of choosing to do some things he knew were good for him and, and striving to form some good habits and pursuing treatment in other ways, he learned to find a way through it. So with that, I'm going to stop talking so you can hear from Steve yourself. Also, side note, we ended up doing this interview outside for the sake of being safe, and which has worked for me in the past. However, this afternoon in general, there was a lot happening. As you'll hear, it was kind of windy, so we got this the wind effects during the recording showing up. We got our, some screaming from the neighbor children playing outside. And then towards the end, it randomly decided to start raining and eventually thunderstorming. So we had to finish the, we had transitioned to recording and finishing the recording inside while sitting kind of far apart from each other. So it was an adventure to get it done, but we did it. And I hope you enjoy. Hey, Steven. Hey, Carrie. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to our patio. Not a bad place to hang out. Steve, do you, do you ever go by Steve? Are you always? I'm usually Steve. Really? Yeah. Why are you Steven in my brain? <laughs> I don't know. Is that your email? It's my um, it's my school email address. Yeah, I, which Some I never call me use. Steven. My family calls me Steven, so I like like I like close people to call me Steven. So depending <laughs> on your feeling of distance or well, right proximity. now we're we're sitting pretty closely, so <laughs> I can true. call you Steve, Steven. Um, how's your quarantine experience? Everything? How's your uh, life been the past few months? Yeah. Um, to be honest, it's actually been pretty decent in quarantine. Um, yeah, I'm uh, writing my doctoral dissertation, which mm -hmm. means that most of my life anyways is me in a room with a computer. So there's not Nothing a huge really, yeah. difference right now, except I'm at home instead of at the library. Do you think it's even a little more consoling now to know that like everybody else in the world is at home? Yeah, it is. It takes away some of the FOMO, you know, of yeah. uh, worrying, oh, what could I be doing? What, what am I missing? Totally. Um, okay, so fun question to get to know you a little better. Fictional character, or I guess any character or person you've studied, because you study a lot. Someone you identify with. Hmm. Uh, so, given I think what I'll talk about today a little bit later, I think my character that comes to mind is the whiskey priest in Graham Greene's novel, The Power <laughs> and the Glory. I have no idea. No. Mm -hmm. No <laughs> idea so what that a, is. So this is a priest who is hiding um, 
in Mexico during the time when it's illegal to um, practice Catholicism as a priest. Mm -hmm. And so he is going from place to place trying to do his Catholic priestly duties, but he's, you get the sense that he's not a great person. He has a lot of flaws and there's a sense throughout that he's only doing this because he feels a sense of obligation, but he keeps going through it. And um, I studied this in class once and I remember a lot of people saying like, oh, this is like, this guy's not very Christian because he doesn't really, he's not trying to do good. He's, you know, yeah. and uh, I just found him very relatable and admirable because I thought, you know, there's a lot of times when we don't feel like doing good, but if we do it anyway, that's kind of what Interesting. is essential. And uh, I might be on the judgmental side of <laughs> of that debate, but we won't go into it. Um, so, as you just learned, Stephen, the definition of grit is courage, resolve, and strength of character. I definitely know that you're a person of grit but tell me about something in your life that especially taught you that so i think i would go back to fall of 2014 i think so this was my second of two years as a master's student at boston college Mm -hmm. um, studying theology and um, there were a bunch of just factors that semester in particular that Uh, created kind of this space of depression that I found myself in. Mm. This was 2014. Okay, so like six years ago. Six years ago now. So to go back a couple of years before that, uh, in 2009 to 2011, I had been um, in the Jesuit novitiate, so discerning priesthood with uh, Jesuit priests. Mm -hmm. And um, entered, I was, oh... 27 or 28 by the time I entered. So I felt like this is it. I finally figured out what I want to do. Entered. The first year was great. I felt this is where I belong. Mm -hmm. And then the second year, as time came to kind of request to take vows, which are essentially permanent vows in the Jesuits, your first ones, um, I just couldn't come to... uh, feel like I could comfortably and more authentically take the yeah. vows. There was something that was saying this isn't quite right. So I left the novitiate um, and uh, kind of went back to Cincinnati where my family is and kind of, you know, getting off the bus. I remember just like the whole feeling of what is my life? What is my life? The world like falling out from under my feet and being like, what am I doing? Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of got got my feet back a little bit, uh, worked for St. Vincent de Paul for a couple of years, um, mm-hmm. and then decided to try going back to school, mm-hmm. the idea of mm-hmm. potentially teaching at okay. a university someday. This is so interesting because I, so last season I recorded an episode with Anita, Anna, my roommate, who uh-huh. also, who shared also um, her some of her vocation story and like how much it affected her she was in a convent discerning and then felt a call to leave as well and I guess I think for someone who hasn't gone through that it's kind of hard to I mean you hear that a lot and it's 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 hard to imagine how 
how hard that is. I mean, from the outside, it's like, so you were in a convent and you looked for a year <laughs> discerning. But right. would you say it's similar to a divorce or like yeah, cutting I mean, off an engagement? Or You know, the closest I've had to that is a breakup. But that is definitely what it mm-hmm. felt like. And it was, um, I think what's maybe more difficult is that it, it's, a, it's not an ugly breakup. That is like, it's breaking mm-hmm. up with someone because... I've had this experience too. I feel like this person is amazing, but I don't think we're supposed to be together. There's something that we're not supposed to be together. And so there's not necessarily animosity. It's like, man, I wish that had worked out. Mm -hmm. But if I'm honest with myself, I know that it would not have worked out. And you realize, at least I I do at those times, like I feel empty Mm. as just an individual. Um, You kind of have to build build back up but there is something about being in an order i imagine that is like your life is just taken care of you know every day what's going to be happening and what's going to happen for the next whatsoever years um exactly and then you move when you lose that so you felt like you felt like that might have triggered some of this depression yeah it definitely continued like um so two years in cincinnati with society of st vincent de paul and then yeah moving up to boston still was that lingering sense of, okay, what is my life about now? Um, And resentment towards God as part of it, for sure, as well, of feeling like, why didn't this just work out in the Jesuits? And or why don't you give me something else? And as I started the master's program, I think there's a little bit of um, hope that, okay, well, I'm on this new academic track, and this could be it. And then... um, as I got into it more and more, I started to I think just become more aware of maybe the struggle, struggle that I've kind of had my whole life, but that intensified of just a difficulty of doing the work that was required of me. A lot of, a lot of friends would probably say that that's ridiculous because I've had a lot of success and not hmm. any giant failures with regard to work or academics. school, academics, yeah. et cetera. But as I started writing papers, for instance, especially, I just found myself falling into this inability to think straight, inability to make decisions, and feeling like my whole self was a failure and was in this paralysis mode because I couldn't just spit out what I needed to get onto the page. Um, Like you didn't trust yourself? Definitely a sense of not trusting myself, a sense of... um, Lack of motivation. Yeah, somewhat a lack of motivation because I feared failure. You know, I'd be excited about doing a, writing a paper and I had this great idea and it was going to be so interesting. And then when it came to actually mm-hmm. putting it down or fleshing it out, it was just hmm. uh, the image that often comes to mind is trying to push a piano through a mud pit for hours and hours and nights and nights. And so that... You know, that brought back the question of this path that I thought might be for me seems like it's yeah A, not for me, or B, if it is, it's going to be one awful life. Something's off. Something's off. Whether it's you or the path you're on, yeah. something wasn't right. Right. And then just um, another classmate of mine in this master's program who I, I fell for pretty badly. And so added to that was some of this feeling like maybe that was the answer except yeah right like all of those were kind of i think this 
feeling of like, well, where am I supposed to go now, God? And just mm. losing all hope that there was going to be any kind of the future that I would have imagined for myself. Huh. Yeah. Like, is there, am I ever going to find something that brings me joy? Right. Something that seems to suit me. Right. Is that? Hmm. Yeah. Had you experienced that? Well, you experienced it in the novitiate while you were discerning. Was that, has, had that been a theme otherwise in your life? Kind of not knowing your thing? Yeah. I had never really felt all that called to any particular job or career, I think. Entering the novitiate and making that decision was a feeling like, ah, finally I can put that to rest. And mm-hmm. But then it came back mm-hmm. out again. Did you have anything that you were, I know you're really smart, so I know academics <laughs> is part of this, but was did you have like a niche or like things that you felt like you were really good at? Mm. Writing, which was why I think it was also so difficult to have this block because it was like that is who I am like if there's any skill that I Hmm. can offer or identify with it was my writing ability huh yeah so like multiple or at least a couple really significant instances that felt you thought were the answer that right didn't bring what you were hoping yep compounding that I think was just the feeling of is it just me doing something wrong right like yeah somehow there's something that i'm doing that is not allowing me to be happy and that is mm-hmm. and it's built into me somehow and so no matter what happens i'm not going to be able to overcome it hmm. that is a question worth asking even though it takes a lot of grit to go there but when yeah. you are when you do find yourself in those circumstances I think that's really healthy as well to be like, okay, is this really this thing the wrong fit for me? Or is there something within me to ask yourself, am I believing something about myself that isn't true? Or am I expecting something that's unrealistic or going down that road? Um, Was there a moment when you felt like things started to lift or get better? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think towards the end of my time in the master's program, so that spring, kind of the end of that spring semester, and kind of came to the difficult decision of, I'm not going to do a doctoral program. Um, And then made the mistake of uh, going to a retreat house just for a night to try to have a day of confirming that decision. And as I was there, especially one night, kneeling in the chapel there was just a feeling like maybe you would find more peace with doing this doctoral program Mm -hmm. um and i came back and told uh told my my dad was asking you know on the phone well what what are you deciding about this doctoral program i gave him a list for 15 minutes i talked about like all the reasons that um all the experiences i was having about uh, this decision and why I thought, you know, I probably shouldn't be going on to the doctoral program. And mm. he kind of paused and said, wow, well, after hearing you describe all that, 
I definitely think you should do the PhD program. And at first I was angry. Because you're expressing like the frustration. As I'm expressing the frustration. Huh. And for some reason he's heard in that, no, maybe this would be good. And then in another discussion with kind of a, someone who's kind of a spiritual mentor for me um, at the school, she, Sister Barb, she said, well, if you were to go on to study it, what would you, what would you study? And so I described my proposed topic for a couple minutes and she just kind of stopped me and said you know you really light up when you're talking about that more than I've seen you light up before and all of that kind of just set a spark in me to to, yeah. to focus on kind of the, the positive things about academics and writing and I had a good conversation with a, a very wise friend who who said you know Steve if you do this doctoral program, I think you just have to do it the way you want to do it and write what you want to write. And instead of kind of trying to fit in with what the program might expect of you or what your um, dissertation advisors might want or what you think you should be doing or writing, but more like uh, a space where I can... Um, explore and try doing what I want to do and what brings me life. Um, yeah. Yes, I'm doing this and I'm going to make it my own. Right. Rather than like. Yeah. And there's almost a sense of doing it for myself as well. Instead of kind of um, feeling the pressure of, oh my gosh, I have to do this well for them or I have to do this in a way that's going to be received well or something like that. It, became like, well, I'm going to do this, um, yeah, because, because it brings me life and in a way that, um, yeah, that is authentic to me and to who I am. Um, so was there something before you got to that point, was there something in you that felt like if something felt authentic and good to you, did that feel wrong or like yeah, um, that's a good question. I mean, I've always felt, um, or at least I've always been told, and I think this is true, that um, I'm the kind of person who tends to think if it's not difficult, it's not worth doing, or it's not good. That's why you resonate with that priest then. Yeah, the whiskey priest. So there is that sense of... Um, like if it's not like hard, it's if not... If it's not hard, it's just... I'm not trying hard enough or I'm not giving my all. Um, so interesting. Yeah. So, and I, yeah. When you begin to switch that mindset though, like this, was it a friend or a mentor? Uh, yeah, one of each. A friend who had told me that kind of do it for yourself. Did you feel like things started to change? Yeah, that? that was, yeah, that was, that was definitely one of, I mean, I had been in, um, uh, I had been in counseling for uh, my whole time at BC, but I also kind of switched that spring semester as somebody who's a little bit more of an expert, I think, on academic stuff and who met with more frequently. And um, mm -hmm. uh, I think that was when I started taking some medication for depression and anxiety even. Mm -hmm. um, so there were multiple things that yeah. kind of um, helped to flip it, or at least like put me in a position where something like those words of my friend could actually mm. take root. 
right and have an effect and yeah it did start to it started to help then because i think yeah i'm remembering my last the last papers of that final semester um that i had to write trying to say the things that i think i wanted to say Mm -hmm. instead of what i thought others would either be impressed with or would find that they agree with so it was like letting go of just all these expectations on yourself and on the program and what you're supposed to be learning and just kind of like embracing it for what it was for you yeah i remember um i think this was a lesson i learned uh this night taught me a lesson in retrospect but I was trying to write this paper on Augustine, a midterm paper, and it could—it was on scripture, and it could either be, um, we had read some of Augustine's homilies, so it could either be like an analytical paper that describes or, you know, analyzes some aspect of um, Augustine's thought on this, or the other option was to, to write a homily in the mode of Augustine. Um, and so I was writing this analytical paper. It was the night before it was due. And it wasn't until oh. midnight that I finally said, I'm just not going to get this paper huh. done. I'm just going to write this homily. I'm just going to write this okay. like BS thing that, you know, I don't have to, I'm just going to do it. Um, huh. And that, that mode of writing, that kind of creative is probably more what I'm more in line, more in my wheelhouse. Um, and so I did it and it flowed easily and I enjoyed it mm-hmm. and I felt that I was able to incorporate some important points in there mm-hmm. and um, and it, my professor loved it and it went great. So cool. Um, once you took the pressure off. Yeah, once I took the pressure off and just kind of said, I'm just going to do this. Yeah, I'm just going to do me here. And I had to go through a fairly similar journey and it's so paradoxical like that that concept of with having health issues, just having to let go of a bunch of things that I identified as a part of who I was. And part part of that was being like a 4.0 student. And then like the next year, not being able to get to class most of the time. Yeah. So um, I did get to the point where I had to, had to let go of that, trying to meet a standard and instead embrace what I could do and believe and have faith that that was actually like the most fruitful and that there would be enough grace to at least do what I needed to do. Do you think you feel clarity at least, or like you at least still feel good about doing what you're doing? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, there's still times when I wonder different aspects of my vocation, including the, will I be able to keep growing in my ability to to write without uh falling into this cesspit of <laughs> despair and <laughs> so maybe which is the case a lot you'll hear a lot in these interviews you haven't necessarily it hasn't necessarily completely gone away but now you know what to do with it yeah and and to kind of know that as much as it feels like it's just going to always be here or that there's no path out of how I feel right now, that it can't change. And I think yeah. that's part of what helped me to kind of take some of those steps towards um, 
trying some different things with with my counsel with counseling yeah. and with medication. And I think one of the things that kept me going and kept me um, going to church and doing volunteer work and things that in the past had given me life, but now I was finding just as numbing as anything else. Um, was quite frankly just like the habit of it mm. that that had become who I was because I had done it so often and so at this point in my life well I don't feel like doing it but mm. it's what I know intellectually uh, has been good for me and so that's I think that's one of the reasons I connect with this whiskey priest is is in the same situation of like, you know, well, that makes sense. It's not, it's not flowers and sunshine. It's not doing out of necessarily a felt emotional sense of love for others, but mm. it's kind of a dedication or commitment. Did you that. find that that more genuine, that desire to do it out of love eventually came? Yeah. I mean, as I came out of the, that bout of depression, definitely like, Mm -hmm. um, just found those positive emotions coming back. And so, yeah, a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of the things that would bring joy before I'd be, you know, motivated to do yeah. find that motivation and that desire for again. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Anything else you want the world to know about your story? <laughs> no, I think that's it. Um, because I'm asking everybody this and considering everything you just shared, one thing getting you through 2020. Mm. Uh, one thing getting me through 2020. I think it's been, um, connecting more with some old friends. So I've been having weekly mm. zoom meetings with uh my good college friends a lot of my good college friends so cool every week and before that it would be like once a year maybe when i would touch base with them so yeah. it's been great uh really for cool. keeping me moving yeah cool thanks for being here yeah thanks carrie glad we got through it thanks everybody as always Find me on the socials. I love hearing from you. Uh, if you again, if you listen to my last mini so I now have a Patreon. So if you're someone who is interested in supporting me more in this project, you can look at the link in my in the show notes here, or go to patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash I choose grit to learn more about that. And I have a lot more episodes to share with you all. So I'm hoping to share one a week until the end of the year. However, we'll see how that goes. There'll for sure be one every other week as originally formatted for this podcast. With that, God bless you all. Take care of yourself. Believe in healing. And I'll talk to you soon. Also, here's a little more insight into the reality of the interruptions we experienced on the day of this recording. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Peace. Yep. That's annoying. It's, it's thunderstorming. Just having a crush.